Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Well, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, and Jesus delivers. He can set you free, and he can keep you free. Thank God he not only sets people free, but he can keep you free. That's worthy to give Jesus a big hand clap, amen. For 32 years, I lived not for Jesus. I didn't know what living, Jesus, living for Jesus was about. I, I started making wrong choices, having wrong friends, making wrong, just everything was wrong. And you know, when I first, I took my first drink when I was in eighth grade, and I did not know that that first drink was going to lead to 18 years of alcoholism. And then shortly thereafter, I started doing drugs, and I did not know that that first joint of marijuana that I smoked was going to lead to 15 years of cocaine abuse. You just don't think about those things, you know? And, but your life can get so messed up so quick because of the choices that we make. And I had made bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be with the people that I thought were cool. I wanted to be with the in crowd. I had no thought. God was in none of my thoughts. And I did not know that God was such a wonderful God, that he had a good plan for my life. I want you to know God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. No matter what you've done or what you haven't done, God's not holding that against you. He put all that on Jesus on the cross, and you can walk free from that. So I met a girl, her name was Lori, and she was the first person I ever saw Jesus in. You know, we really are living epistles born and read of all men. And I saw Jesus in her, and it, and it captivated me. She captivated me, but what really captivated me in was what was inside of her, and it was the Jesus that was inside of her. And I started watching, and God started working on my heart. And one day, I know I was, I was so despondent, so helpless. I didn't know where to turn. I would called on so many people to help me. I had called on doctors. I had called. I mean, when you physically are about dead and you think, where can I turn? What can I do? And you can't shake. You know, the devil will put a hook in your jaw. And he'll take you farther than you want to go. He'll keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And he'll, it'll cost you definitely more than you wanted to pay. He's after your life. But I saw Jesus in somebody. And so one day hung over and not knowing what to do. I left my office because I couldn't sit there any longer. And I pulled down the street. And I turned on my radio. And I, there was a preacher on the radio. I never listened to preachers ever. I mean, you know, I had no friends that were born again. I didn't listen to ministry. I didn't listen to the word. I didn't know what the word was. 
One time I picked Lori up for a date, and she invited me, and she wasn't ready yet, and she had a Bible open on her dining room table, and the impact that made on me. I had never seen anybody read a Bible. Yeah, yeah. And so I left my office, and I heard a preacher on the radio, and I started listening, and he was ministering on a young man who had passed away, the only son of his mother, and the funeral procession was coming out of the city of Nahum, and the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on the woman, and, and he stopped the funeral procession. The Bible says he touched Jesus, touched the bar of the coffin, and the Bible says he that was dead, that young boy that was dead, sat up and began to speak. I'm telling you, God can take you right where you are. He can resurrect your life. He can change your life and set you on a course that you've never dreamed of. And when I heard that, faith went off in my heart, and I laid my head on my steering wheel, and I began to weep like a baby. And I said, God, forgive me for ruining my life. Have mercy upon me, Jesus. And I wept and I wept, hung over spinning around, and I don't know how long it was, but I remember when I raised my head from that steering wheel in my car all by myself. I raised my head from that steering wheel. My shirt was soaked with tears, and I remember raising my head, and the hangover that I just had was gone. And I remember the desire for drugs and alcohol was gone. The desire for cigarettes was gone. The desire for the Rolling Stones and Merle Haggard was gone. And the desire has never come back since. And the sky literally was bluer. The clouds were whiter. The grass was greener. I was a brand new person in a moment from calling on Jesus. You know, I don't know who, maybe you're in here and you've got a similar story of you've made some wrong decisions and made some wrong relationships. But I want you to know he can take you right where you are and you can call on that name and he can change your life today, right now. You don't have to wait any longer. You can walk free of whatever is holding you back. It may be drugs, it may be alcohol, it may be none of that. You may have a problem hitting the wrong computer button, going to the wrong site on your computer. I don't know. But I want you to know you don't have to be bound by that anymore. You can walk free from that right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. It was when I called on that name, the name of Jesus. The Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So if you're in this room today and you'd say, Charlie, I, I need my life to be changed. I, I, I've, I've never asked Jesus into my heart, and I want to get on that right path. If that's you in this room this morning, I want to pray with you. God will change your life this morning, right now, if you'll call upon him in faith believing in Jesus' name. You may be in this room and you've called on the name of Jesus at one time in your life, but your heart has grown cold. You know you're not where you should be in your walk with God. You know you need to return to your first love. I want you to know that Jesus is here right now to restore to you again 
the joy of your salvation. If you need to return to Jesus, return to your first love, I want to pray for you. Or if you're in this room and you're just not sure of your salvation, sometimes you feel saved and sometimes you don't, I want you to know I've got good news for you. You can know for sure that everything is right between you and God. You can know for sure. Or I've got a fourth category I'd like to pray for you with, and that's this. You may be bound by a destructive habit just like I was or many destructive habits. Lord, I I want you to know he can set you free from every one of them. He can set you free and he can keep you free from them. You may be bound by a destructive habit. He's here to set you free today, and I want to pray for you. So all across this room, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this room, you say, Charlie, I want to be included in your prayer to get right with God today, to come back to Jesus today, to be set free from a destructive habit, or to make sure of my salvation on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand high and say, Charlie, include me in your prayer this morning to get right with God. One, two, three. Lift your hand high right now. All across the room, lift it high. Thank you. I see all those hands all across this room. Okay, you can lower your hand right now. Everyone looking this way. Hands went up all across this room. I want you to take the next step with God. Listen, if you mean business with God, God means business with you. As a matter of fact, let's all stand in the presence of God right now. Let's all stand. I want you to take that next step with God. He is not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed to be called your brother. God the Father is not ashamed to be your father. I want you to know if you raised your hand or if you should have raised your hand, I want you to take the next step. If you raised your hand or if you should have, if you raised your hand or if you should have stepped into the nearest aisle right now, walk right down here, meet me at this altar of prayer. We're going to pray a life-changing prayer right now. Come from all over the sides in the back. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now in Jesus' name. Come right now if you raised your hand or if you should have for salvation, to return to God, to make sure of your salvation or to be set free from a destructive habit. Come on up. Come on up. Hallelujah. Come on up. Everybody in the aisle, come on up. I don't bite. Come on up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyone else want to join these and say, Charlie, today is my day? I'm telling you, you can walk out of here a brand new person in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new, and all things are of God. All right, we're going to pray. We're going to pray a life-changing prayer. You ready? You ready? You, you expecting God's going to change your life right now? I believe that in the name of Jesus. So let's all pray this, not only you that have come down, but everyone in the congregation. Let's all open our hearts and pray this prayer out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Have mercy upon me and set me free. Jesus Christ, I confess you are my Savior and my Lord. I believe in my heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Therefore, I'm saved. I'm born again, I'm a child of God, I'm on my way to heaven, 
and all my sins are forgiven right now because I have Jesus in my heart. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for forgiving me, and for setting me free. Now let's all lift our hands right now and thank God for the amazing saving grace of God in our lives on this Sunday morning in Jesus' name. Now I know all of y'all in this wonderful church know God has exceeding great and precious promises for us as children of God. One of those exceeding great and precious promises is household salvation. He said, I wish that you would be saved and your house. You be saved and your house. So we want to pray for our loved ones right now. I want to, we want to join our faith together, and we're going to see our loved ones. I believe they're going to come to God. They are going to not only come to God, but they're going to serve God stronger than they've ever even thought about serving the devil in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we pray right now for our house. You said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we would be saved and our house. We call our house in now into the kingdom of God. We call our parents in, our grandparents in, our children in, our grandchildren in, our, our, our cousins, our uncles, our nephews, our nieces, our aunts. Father God, we pray for our house. We plead the blood of Jesus over our house. We call them in. In the name of Jesus, we speak salvation has come to our house now in Jesus' name. So we call them forth and we thank you for it. We believe we receive it right now when we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody that agrees, say amen and amen. Well, let's one more time lift our hands and thank God for the amazing saving grace of God in our lives, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let me turn it back to your pastor right now, Pastor Ronnie. Everybody stay here. I don't know what he might want to do, but. All right. At the close, at the close of the service, I want you to flood the hostess team and the foyer. They're going to give you material to follow up, okay? You tell them I came, I came down here to get delivered, they're gonna give you some books, uh, some material on that. If, you, if I came down here and got saved, they're gonna give you material, what's the next step? What do I do next? Okay? Uh, but you, you, I mean, you flood them. Make them have to work, okay? Instead of having to fold their hands, make them work. You just flood them in, in the, in the, in the, order. In the four you're back, okay? Everybody with me? Don't, don't, listen. Don't you dare forget. I'm going to hound you before the service is over. Don't you forget to do what I'm, what I'm saying. It's very, 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 very important. Okay? At the close of the service. Amen, amen, amen. God's good. Glory to God. Charlie, are you, are you need to... Take it. Are you through right now? No, whatever you need to do. Okay, okay. You turn it over to me. All right, all right, all right. Amen. Give somebody a high five and tell them no. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering me.
Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. God's good. Now, I'm, I'm going to introduce you. Brother Bob, this is the first time Brother Bob's ever been here. He's been familiar with Pastor Odell, been a close friend to Pastor Odell for years. And uh, Zona and I have known him more from a distance. Uh, we've, we've met him, but we haven't had the, the intimacy that Pastor Odell has had. But <clears throat> I do remember in Bible school, Pastor Odell had a Bible school. And we would always travel from 1604 South to 1604 North just about. Uh, every day, I mean, uh, three times a day, uh, three times a week, after work. And he was one of our Bible teachers. And uh, I'll never forget, I'll never forget, he made some statements that I, I wrote them down, but they just echoed in me. And they're still with me today. Number one, he'd, when, he was, when he wanted you to pay attention, he said, now this is where the rubber meets the road. So if you ever hear me say that, that's where I got it from. And number two, one of the most important things that I ever remember him saying. Now, everything he said was important. We still got the notebooks. We still got them. Was God counts perfection on the way to perfection. He counts it. He counts it as if you've already arrived and you don't need any polishing. And that helped me a lot. It helped Zona to help me a lot. And like I mentioned earlier, I've had the privilege through my, my dad pastoring this church and being in and around the ministry all of my life. I've had the privilege of listening from I'm talking about when I was probably five or six years old all the way up, you know, through my teenage years, being around, and I just liked, I liked going out and eating and listening to them talk. I wouldn't say anything. I listened to them talk. Some of the stories I heard more than one time. That, that's what's missing in the body of Christ right now. We've got a general here. that God's used to impact thousands, probably tens of thousands of souls. And I want you to suck it up like a dry sponge. One word said out of this man today can transform your life because he's not talking theory. He's talking reality, and he's proved it. I want you to make an Omega Church welcome through the man of God for today, Bob Nichols. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, let's give Jesus the big hand. Yeah.
Praise God. I'm so thankful today. I want to be the most thankful preacher in the world. And right now, I want this to be the most thankful church in the world. Folks, we have so much to be thankful for. Thank God, thank God. I don't worship America, but I thank God for our nation. Traveling around the world, I know what it is to come home and kiss the tarmac and thank God for America. Father, we just lift our hearts to you this morning. What a beautiful day. Lord, what a joy to know that of all the things I've ever done in my life, I'm at the right place at the right time on a mission from God Almighty. I'm here to lift up my Father God. I'm here to rejoice in Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we don't invite you. We give you the room. <laughs> oh, we give you our hearts today. Lord, nothing else matters but you. Nothing, absolutely nothing matters but you. And I thank you with all of my heart. I give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. And Father, I thank you for the kind things that Pastor had to say. And I certainly received that I desire to be that, everything that he spoke. But Lord, I am by the grace of God what I am. And I'm not by the grace of God what Satan designed for me to be. Hallelujah. Thank God I'm born again. Lord, we've had an altar call this morning, not only for those to accept Jesus for the first time, but Lord, we just had a house cleaning here in about five minutes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody ought to be happy around here today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. I have asked God to help me to make my words count and uh, to say what I need to say, I, I believe I'm at the right place at the right time. It's been many years ago that we had the privilege of meeting Pastor um, Odell and his precious wife, and we've known them. We've <laughs> uh, God has just bonded us together. It's amazing, after pastoring 55 years, I've been in the ministry now, 67, 60, I don't know, started preaching when I was a senior in high school, when God miraculously saved me from an automobile accident that should have killed me. I went to sleep at the wheel at 97 miles an hour, three o'clock in the morning, coming in from East Texas to Fort Worth and rolled that thing to a tin can, but God brought me out. A third grade teacher looked at me and she said, Robert, you'll never amount to anything in life. That day she was probably right, even though I was in the third grade. <laughs> I won't tell you what I was doing, but it was just, it was just mischievous stuff and it was one too many for her, you know. I have two other brothers and I love them with all of my heart, but they didn't rise to the maximum of what God would have had them to have seen. One of my brothers is in the presence of the Lord. 
and he got back to the Lord and got everything straight. And I'm still believing God for my other brother still alive. I'm 87 years old. I never thought I, I'd live this long or I've taken better care of myself. <laughs> and I'm trying to think. The brilliant pastor with, there was a prophecy, been more than one prophecy after I stepped down from 55 years of pastoring. We were the founders and pastors of Calvary Cathedral in Fort Worth. And uh, for 55 years, we saw the greatness of God. And then with open heart surgery and I had some health challenges and after, it kind of needed a 300,000 mile checkup, I guess. <laughs> and it looked like it was all over. In fact, I thought my life had come to an end three years ago, but God raised me up. And God is literally putting a brand new anointing of God on my life. Because all my life I've lived for the supernatural. I've lived trusting God. I've lived crying out for revival and honoring precious men and women of God that were hungry for God. Because I had a mother, I had a Southern Baptist, Baptist uh, attorney father who was a wonderful man of God, man of integrity, born again. And he received the Holy Spirit a little later on in life. But I had a mother, I had a mother that was, <laughs> she and God uh, stayed in tune 24 hours a day. <laughs> and one night when I was trying to slip in, uh, running from God, I'll never forget with that open Bible and she was on the stairway up to my bedroom. She had gone to sleep and I tried to step over and I brushed her and boy, she was there awake. And she looked at me with tear-stained eyes and she said, Robert, you'll go to hell over my dead body. You are not going to hell. The call of God's on your life and you might as well get it right now. About three weeks later, I had that accident, and uh, I knelt beside that crumpled piece of wreckage, no seatbelts, of course, back then, and uh, said, God, I don't know what you can do with my life. I felt like I was a total failure. Now, I never got into the drug and the alcohol thing, but I was a mess otherwise, just running from God 100 miles an hour. And I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Ninety days later, I preached my first message. <laughs> it, it wasn't much, but it was a start. <laughs> I told them everything I knew in five minutes, you know. I thought I had two hours worth of message. <laughs> it really all started because of a grandmother who just wouldn't quit. Lived in Greenwood, Mississippi. She was an entrepreneur type of person. And she came to Houston, Texas, and she was Northern Baptist, and they didn't even teach being born again. I don't even know why they call themselves Baptist. And she told this to me time and time again as she, in her old age, moved on into Fort Worth, and she had enticed me to come up to her house and give me hot chocolate and cookies and, you know, all, all the things that endear themselves to you with a grandmother. And she'd tell me this story over and over again. 
Sonny, I came from Greenwood, Mississippi, to Houston, Texas, and there was a man by the name of Raymond D. Ritchie, Evangelistic Temple, and she said, I saw the advertisement, Salvation, Healing, Holy Ghost. And she said, I didn't know anything about salvation. I just thought if you went to church, you were a Baptist, you were born, you know, you're going to heaven. She didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit because they never taught on it. But she said, my body needed healing. So I thought I'm here by myself. She's a very proud, very proud, strong-willed woman. And she said, I'll go. And if I don't get healed, no one will know the difference back home. And if I get healed, I'm ahead. And she said, Sonny, I was born again, <laughs> filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, totally healed in my body. And she came back to Texas University where my mother and my aunt were in college at that time and led them to salvation and then got them acquainted with a spirit-filled uh, uh, pastor there and they received the Holy Spirit. Mother not having any teaching, she married dad. He was a good, good Baptist man. My father was sterling character. Federal judge said if R.V. Nichols told me the moon was shining at noon, I'd not take the trouble to go out and check on it because he's the first lawyer that never lied to me. <laughs> so that, that was that side of it. But I don't know, my mother and my grandmother had a passion for the supernatural. And even when I was going to Bible college, she'd keep putting those little books by Smith Wigglesworth and I can name a host of others of healing evangelists and miracle services. And uh, I don't know, I, I guess it's just part of my thread. It's just part of my body. And as I went into the ministry, I was sh so shocked to find out that there are not enough churches like what I feel here in this place. I'm not, I, I don't need brownie points. It's been a while. We met pastor and wife a long time ago when Brother Odell's wife was going through that terrible time of, uh, of cancer in her body. But, uh, you know, God prophesied that the roots of our ministry would start manifesting in a new way. And that's one of the reasons I'm here. I got a call from Brother Odell. We were talking, and Pastor desired for us to come. I've never preached here before, but I've never felt so home in all my life except in the church that I pastored. You people are wonderful. It's like I feel like I walked into a family here. <laughs> uh, everywhere I look, I see excellence. Everything here just looks, it looks just right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Everything here looks just right, and I believe I'm at the right place at the right time. I want to talk to you about, you know, it's time for all of us to turn it up. It's time for all of us to go to a higher level. Amen. Now, if you have any, any sensitivity, reason, sensibility at all, our nation is in a mess. Our, our, our school system's in a mess. Our economies. If we'd not had four years of solid presidential presidents, this nation would not be doing as well as it is right now. 
we're doing well because someone laid a good foundation. And right now at one brick at a time, it's being taken down. But I believe with all of my heart that church is just like Omega and ministers just like Pastor Ronnie Allen are waking. This man's been awake for a long time, but I mean, God has had to reawaken the church. And I must say it because I, not on my watch, but I've seen so many of my minister friends go woke and, and weak and, and back off the supernatural. No longer are they hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And there's only one thing that's going to change our nation, and that's God Almighty, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessed Holy Spirit of God. I served eight years as an apprentice associate minister with my father-in-law and my precious wife just went on to be with the Lord about a year and a half ago after 67 years of marriage. My angel went home. She beat me. <laughs> she beat me home. And uh, I was so blessed to be able to have her at home during that entire final time. And even during the COVID time, I'm so thankful that we were able to just show tender, loving care. And uh, so the last words that she spoke, she said, Bob, I want to go home. I said, darling, you're home. You're in your bedroom. You're where we've been here for a number of years. She said, but Bob, I want to go home. And she's with Jesus. But I'm telling you, my, my youngest daughter said, you know, the only time I ever feel sorry for the devil is when mother starts praying. <laughs> My wife was a prayer warrior, and I miss her greatly. And I want to express my appreciation to Charlie and Lori. They've been in our church now for, good Lord, like 40 years. That, is it that long? <laughs> no, that's, it's short. It's short. But uh, Lori was already attending, and then she got Charlie by the ear the first Sunday after he got right with God. <laughs> And they came and asked me for pastoral advice. And I said, well, sit as close as you can to the front. There's nothing righteous about the backside of anybody's head. <laughs> Make sure that 10% of everything that comes through your hands goes to God. It's His anyway. He'll get it one way or another. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, stay out of everybody's cat fight. Every church can have one, you know. Stay out of everybody's cat fight. Don't like the color of the carpet. Don't like the front door. Don't like the back door. You know, always somebody doesn't like something. I don't, I have a sneaking feeling there's not much of that around here. This place couldn't look so good with have bad people. <laughs> but uh, after eight years, we went many miles away from where we'd served as associate minister. The church where we were was a wonderful church. It was there that I met Dr. Gordon Lindsay, and I met Dr. Uh, uh, from uh, <laughs> Kennedy e. Hagen from, from uh, uh, Tulsa, of course. And God sent him there for a four-week meeting. And it breaks my heart still to think that over half the church did not receive the faith message. And it's getting harder and harder to find some folks that 
do still believe that God said what he meant and he meant what he said. All right, I, I, I want to minister on tonight. I, I, I can't do, I can't do everything that's in my heart. I, I'm in a jam. I let my head get too full of the Holy Ghost here. But our God is a covenant making God. God's word is his covenant promise and it's not a bedtime reader. It's not just somewhere we go when we feel lonely or sad or droopy or whatever. God's word is God's covenant and God watches over his word to perform it. And God spoke to my heart and he said, I want you to build a church and reach out to greater Fort Worth. And with no people, no money, no backing, I went to a bank that I'd done a lot of, uh, I, I like to play with cars and rebuild them and do that type of thing when I had the time to do it way back when. And I borrowed $1,000 from a Baptist banker. And he, he said, what are you going to do with this? I said, I'm going to start a church. And he said, my soul, my soul, son. He was a good Baptist banker. He said, you know, the, the, the worst credit risk in the world is loan money to a preacher starting a new church. <laughs> but he said, something tells me you're going to make it. And so we took that $1,000 and put exit lights and cleaned up an old post office building and bought a post office building for $40,000, paid it off within, well, we got to pay part of it off. And then we were there for 12 years. After about five years, I looked around and one Sunday morning, song leader didn't show up, and the janitor didn't show up, so I janitored till two o'clock in the morning. It was just one of those crazy days if you pastor long enough. In the early days, you'll hit those times. I preached and I felt like I was spitting cotton. No one responded to anything. And I went to my office. I fell on my face before God and I said, God, I'll do anything that's right and anything that works to win souls for you. We didn't come here just to start another church. We came here to win souls for you. And a week later, a group of Jesus hippies walked in. Now they'd look pretty normal today, but they looked kind of weird back then. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was around in the 1970s, you know. In the Jesus hippie move, in fact, there's been a movie that uh, uh, we actually, they tell me that we were part of some, some scene or something they had there, but it was happening in California and Houston and, and uh, it started to happen in Fort Worth, but the pastor came to the young people. They had a little Jesus band. They played some wild music. Man, it was wild. Andre Crouch. <laughs> that was radical stuff back then, you know. Just radical, radical, radical. And they said, our pastor told us we needed to leave because we were running off the money people. And they didn't want all those hippies and, and uh, you know, and all that stuff in their church. And they said, you better find another church. They said, Pastor, uh, we don't know you, but could we hold a week's meeting in your church? And I almost said no. But the Spirit of God said, anything that's right and anything that works. <laughs> and I said, we'll try it for a week. And our chapel, which seated about 230 at the most, all of a sudden began to fill up every night. And for 13 weeks, we saw young people coming to Jesus. 
And uh, I said, my God, I'm in heaven, I'm in heaven. And then the hippies came to me and they said, we want to go out and reach young people before they get messed up like we got messed up. And I'd bought an old bus for $500 from the school system. They should have paid me $500 to tow it off. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it. And I went to a Tommy Barnett rally and learned a little bit about busing and going out in communities. I thought, and then lo and behold, Within days, a man came to my office and he said, Preacher, I need someone to help me. He said, I'm at the end. I'm about ready to take my life. And I said, oh, man, don't do that. And I had a little time to play with back those days. And so I spent the day with him. Got everything settled down. His wife had left him, lost his apartment, and tow trucks looking for his car. Get, fed him a good barbecue meal. And then he, at the end of the day, he said, Pastor, what can I do for you? And I thought, lightning fast, mine. Yeah, your wife's left you and you lost your apartment. Totra's looking for your car. And what can you do for me? I said, what do you do? He said, I'm a backslidden Baptist bus pastor from Allendale Baptist Church in Austin, Austin, Texas. He said, you know that bus you got out there? He said, I can fill that bus up. I said, that's a 70 passenger bus. He said, you give me that bus and three workers and in three weeks, I'll have that bus full. I said, man, go for it. <laughs> Third week rolled around, he opened the door and kids started falling out the door. <laughs> and and you, you see, one thing leads to another. And when you obey God in one step, then God opens the next door and then he opens the next door and then he opens the next door. And uh, so... Anyway, long story short, we, we packed that build, that little post office building out. And uh, we were there for 12 years, running 13 buses at that time. I don't say everybody has to do it. That's just the way God led us. In fact, the quickest way to get, go to heaven quick was on the corner of 5th of uh, Willing and Berry Street because the buses didn't have very good brakes. We'd <laughs> We could bring them in, but we couldn't get them stopped real quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I had a mechanic and a painter, and they said, what are you going to drag in here next? <laughs> I said, anything that'll run. <laughs> you know? And, you know, we got a call from downtown First Baptist Church. Now, let's go back. Twelve years before that. Well, no, that would be ten years yeah, 10, 10, 9, 10 years. In downtown Fort Worth, First Baptist Church was rebuilding, and they built a cathedral. Do you have a picture of that building, Bunny? Is it short? Yeah. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> anyway, uh, First Baptist... I walked into First Baptist Church while it was still under construction, and I looked at that 2,000-seat-to-be auditorium, and I started to weep, and I said, God, I'd give anything for a place like this for, for the full gospel. No big, church, no big churches back then. I, I think there were two churches I knew of that ran 1,000 back in the day, no matter what denomination they were. Just didn't have a lot of big churches. They might have had some up north or east that I wasn't aware of. And I said, God, I'd give anything to see a church like this for the full gospel. 
12 years later, we got a phone call. And they said, we believe you're the only church in Fort Worth. They didn't know it was just hand to mouth even at that time financially. They said, you're the only church in Fort Worth that can assume the indebtedness on our church. We're about to lose it. We've had five splits. And uh, would you please consider assuming our mortgage? <laughs> you know, something in me said, yes, God, yes. And we went from a 230-seat auditorium to a 2,000-seat auditorium. <laughs> And uh, we saw God do signs and wonders and miracles. We had every evangelist that could get the job done that I could find in during that period of time. And uh, one of the great things that happened, one of the great things that, so many great things happened, but one of the great things that happened, and I look back and think how many times, twice we almost lost it until we had gained enough people. I mean, it was hand to mouth. It, 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 I've not only done it by faith, but I've done it by works too. I mean, <laughs> sleep was an unnecessary evil. You know, it, we, we, we've worked, been working in the ministry. And uh, we were there in that big, magnificent cathedral. And all of a sudden, I said, God, we're not getting people saved again. And that's one time when we, we started that early altar call, and we had 25 that came forward on that. But I said, God, we've got to have revival. It, I didn't realize that it was the year. You, you Democrats have to love me if there's one here. But anyway, when Clinton was coming into office, I felt like I was dying. And I thought, I really hadn't paid much attention to politics until then. <laughs> And I thought, God, something's wrong with our nation. Something's wrong in leadership. Everything seems so wonderful. They tell us we're getting two Baptist uh, guys in office, and they're great men, you know, and, and uh, no one seemed to see a problem. I felt like I was dying. I said, God, we've got to have revival. We've got to have revival. And I love revival. I love the moving of the Holy Spirit. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. You just plant me every night somewhere where the Holy Ghost is moving, and I'd be the happiest preacher in the world. In fact, I just came out eight days revival with Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and we're walking on the water right now. But anyway, I had six, was it five or six of the strongest evangelists I could find anywhere, and nobody's match would strike on the box. I, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what I, I knew had to be. And finally, someone told me about some crazy preacher down in Florida, and he was having a lot of results and massive crowds. And uh, along with it, there was a lot of joy and a lot of laughter. And uh, anyway, I preached in Ohio, and I thought, well, I'll go check it out. That's what a wise preacher does. And you have a wise pastor here. You check it out. And I went in and I, to the carpenter's home church, sat on the back row like pastors do. We're going to analyze this thing. <laughs> Had a migraine headache on a Monday night. And it was just, I thought, why in the world did I waste my time to come big crowd, but so what? And 
10.30 at night, they gave an altar call. I thought, who would give an altar call at 10.30 at night? The sinners have all gone down to the bar by now, you know. And lo and behold, 165 people came forward. I said, whoa, whoa. I believe I can stand a little joy in the church now. Amen. Yeah, there's a lot of laughter, but there's, yeah. I, I thought, well, not two nights in a row. Yeah, the next night, 10, about 10.30, another altar call, and about 175 people came forward. And the evangelist had met me by that time, and he let me go through that audience. There were 7,000 people that night in the balcony included, and he had me lay, me, <laughs> Me lay hands on 7,000 people that night. <laughs> I said, my God, would you come to Fort Worth? He said, well, why should I come to Fort Worth? <laughs> he said, I've got 100 churches that want me. I said, but God wants you in Fort Worth. If you can have a revival in Fort Worth, you can have a revival anywhere. <laughs> and you don't tell the South African he can't do nothing because they, they know better. They're tough people, man. And so he came, and God told me, he said, you're going to have a summer of revival, and we saw the outpouring of God's Spirit in a supernatural way. I called the staff in because I, I could see a potential storm cloud coming. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'm hungry for revival. This is the reason I'm in the ministry. This is the reason God moved us downtown. And I'm not trying to put, I'm just relating something. The end result of it is God wants all of us to go to higher ground. God has to show everybody in every church what to do, so I'm not trying to put anything God did with me, but I'm telling you, it has been reestablished in my heart that God is a supernatural God and that nothing is impossible with God. And no matter what the past has been, don't let your past clouds your future. Amen. We saw a summer of, well, six weeks of revival. And all, we, no advertising. We had a radio station in Dallas, a broadcast there. And we started seeing vans coming in from Wisconsin and New York. And I don't, the Holy Ghost must have advertised it. <laughs> and we had, we had three services a day on that first one, didn't we? We had three, I mean, and these were like four hours in the morning and then another three hours in the afternoon, five hours, or that many in 24. We didn't get much sleep. We lived, we slept, we, we breathed revival. And I'm going to tell you, there is nothing in the world like the presence of God. Nothing in the world. And the scripture that prompted all of this was, Wilt thou not revive us again? that thy people may rejoice in thee. Oh, I thank God for everything he's done. But you know what? The Lord and I have a deal going. He raised me up with a 50-50 chance of making it and gave me a new vision and a new zeal. And just, <laughs> if my body could just catch up with my vision. <laughs> Amen. I've still got a little instability and balance in my feet is why I have to fool with this thing for a while. But uh, I tell you, my heart's on fire. And all of us now, calls have begun to come. And it's like I've started the ministry all over again, really. 
Really it is. And I thank God for Charlie and Lori Pryor. They have stood with me through hell and high water. I mean, you don't pastor 55 years or even the 30 some odd years they've been there without uh, 40 years. You don't pastor that period of time without going through some real storms and some real calms and some real revivals. It's all seasons that you go. A church is like a family. It's not all honeymoon. <laughs> and it's not all bill paying, thank God. Sometimes it's vacation. You know? <laughs> but I just believe that God has such a wonderful future for this church. Yeah. Pastor Ronnie, I just believe God. I, I can just see the smile of God on this house saying, Oh, what I've got in mind for you. <laughs> you remember truth or consequences? Oh, <laughs> what's going to happen to you? <laughs> oh, I just hear the Spirit of God saying, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. But let me show you something else. That beautiful church, could you show me the other church, the other one after the storm of 2000? A tornado took our church out. Uh, all right, there it is, there it is. Our church was destroyed in the year 2000. Oh, there were some bricks left. We had a prayer tower going 24 hours a day. You can see the skeleton of it. Two ladies were up four stories in the power tower and one, that whole wall disappeared with brick down in the ground and not a scratch was on those ladies. And in 44 seconds, my wife and I were in our study counseling with a, with a couple and security ran down the office and said a tornado was on the way. We'd never had a tornado in downtown Fort Worth. I want to leave there just a moment. You know, when you see something like that, 44 seconds, we walked outside the building. It looked like a bomb had been dropped on the parking lot. Cars upside down, totaled both of our cars out. And Brother Kilpatrick from uh, Florida was supposed to have been with us on that Tuesday night. And for some reason, I canceled the meeting. I don't usually cancel meetings, but his RV would have been right where the heavy stones came down. It would have killed him taking his RV, not his RV only, but it would have taken that man of God out. I mean, it was a terrible thing. All of a sudden, we had no Christian school. All of a sudden, we had no Bible college. All of a sudden, we had no church no auditorium. We lost everything. But let me show you where the Spirit of God comes in. I was preaching up north somewhere, and I heard of a church that had a gas explosion. I came home and I said, check our insurance. Uh, I never thought that building would burn. It had too, much, too many bricks and too much concrete in it. And we checked our insurance. We were 50% below and said most churches are 50% below because they're trying to save money on pavements because you don't need insurance until you need it, if you have it. And so we, I said, take full, full coverage. Now, how in the world can you have that much common sense when your third grade teacher said you'll never amount to anything? <laughs> no, it wasn't my wisdom. It was the Holy Ghost. Yes. And we, we couldn't have come back I, it would have been a miracle beyond description if we could have come back, but we couldn't have come back 
but God set it up. And every microphone in the country was trying to talk to us. They said, don't you consider this to be a dark omen? Bad luck. Maybe it's, maybe it's something's wrong, something's wrong. And I said, let me tell you something. And I told every one of those microphones, as with Job, we'll come back with twice as much. And I'm here to tell you, we came back with three times as much. Uh, did you hear what I said? We came back with three times as much. God opened a church of Christ that let us have services on Sunday afternoon and Thursday night. And then ultimately we bought the church of Christ which seated as much as the church that we lost, oh, maybe 200 seats less. Uh, but we had that. And then in the final negotiations, they gave us the land and we built a $12 million Christian school. Paid cash for it. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Let me tell you, God can take tragedy and make triumph out of it. God can take tragedy and make triumph out of it. But the thing that I want to go back to, I could not tell you, I could not tell you the joy that we had during those days of revival back at the 2000 mark. I'm jumping ahead, jumped ahead of myself. Some things I'll share tonight also. <laughs> Lord, I, I, I go into another world when I see what, what Satan tried to do. He huffed and he buffed, puffed and he tried to blow our house down, but God gave us greater facilities, yeah. put us on 35W, right at the crossroads of Fort Worth. <laughs> Hallelujah. And now I'm in San Antonio on this Sunday morning. <laughs> the long and the short of it that I, 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 I can't take all the time that I would like to take, but I, I just want to share this with you. And I called the staff in before revival and I said, if I see one raised eyebrow, if I hear one negative comment, if I hear one gripe, you're off the staff, you're out of here. We're going to have Holy Ghost revival. Yes. You say, when are you going to have, when are you going to have more of God in your life when you can't stand it like you are now? Yes. He said, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Yes. And I'm here to tell you it's God's time to save the rest of your family. It's God's time to save the rest of your family. And believe it or not, God can take a church just like this and start changing America. The only hope for America is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and the blessed Holy Spirit of God. Amen. God took one man and turned a nation around. The man's name was... Elijah, one man against Jezebel and Ahab, one man against Jezebel and Ahab, and he won, and the fire of God fell. Oh, I just ask you one question. Are you hungry for God this morning? Are you really hungry for God? You know, revival costs time. It costs finances, but it pays great dividends. Hallelujah. When I stepped down, we started with a $40,000 post office building, moved downtown and purchased First Baptist Church at that time, 1976, for a million and a half dollars. 
And there's another caveat there that uh, they'd lost eight acres in the process and uh, it had gone into receivership. And we bought that land and then had to sell it back to get the note until we got the note paid on. And we finally got it all paid off. <laughs> but that eight acres had gone to $7 million. And I walked that parking lot and I said, we've got to have this parking lot for the future. And uh, Sunbelt Savings came over and they said, make us an offer on that parking lot. The government said, we've got to get it out of our portfolio. That was when oil and gas was going crazy back at that time. And uh, I thought a million, no, I, we can't afford a million. 500,000, no, I, I, my faith wasn't right there at that moment. And I said, we'll give you $100,000 and close anytime you want to. <laughs> they said, sir, that's a $7 million cross-collateralized loan in Sunbelt Saving in Dallas, Texas. I said, that's what we'll do. They closed their briefcase, walked out, said, don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> Two weeks later, they called back and said, when do you want to close? <laughs> I have seen miracles. I have seen nothing made into something. No people, no, no money, no backing. An old beat up post office building, abandoned. They moved down the road and built a new one. Then a cathedral and then the enemy came in and tried to, and he did, he destroyed, the, in fact, uh, the most beautiful building in downtown Fort Worth. We had 13 acres in downtown Fort Worth. And then we moved out to 35W, still at the crossroads of Fort Worth. I know what it is to have your back against the wall. I know what it is to face. I remember one time when we almost lost the building because you remember we had a small congregation moving into a humongous. I, I wouldn't advise that unless God said do it. <laughs> I scare myself when I look back and see my track record. I really do. I, I say, God, <laughs> did, did we do that, God? <laughs> And I remember one time when my secretary walked in and, and said, Here, here's the eviction notice, 30 days we've got to be out of here. I got in my car, got in my car, drove out west, wept like a baby. I said, God, we've been through all of this. We, we seeded uh, the, the facility. We had the post office, $200,000 worth. We seeded that to a Hispanic church uh, there, and it's still going and going strong. Everything we've ever done, we've put our eggs in one basket and we're about to lose it. I said, God, we've got to have a miracle. Got to have a miracle. And God reminded me of that word that said concerning the work of my hands, command you me. It's in Isaiah. And I came back to the church and a man made contact with us. And he said, uh, we, we met for the final eviction departure. And the man said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I want to talk to this preacher. And, and we went into another room. He said, preacher, what is your vision? What's with you? He said, you're a wild man. What? <laughs> what you, you, you can't go, what's going on here? I, and I told him of the people that had been set free by the power of God, the revival fires, uh, how God had done signs, wonders, and miracles. He began to weep. And he said, I'm a backslidden Baptist pastor. And he said, I've been very successful out of the ministry in business. And he said, I'm, I'm going to help you get that loan. 
No one would loan us the money. We tried to get an insurance policy from Prudential for a million dollars. I had to have that in the loan. And Prudential said, there's no damn preacher that's worth a million dollars. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah. And we walked back in the room and he said, I'm going to help the preacher get the church. And the two pastors, they're very greedy and very, that's why they were losing the building. They were, their lives weren't right morally and their lives weren't right in financing. They'd gotten caught with their finger in the tail. Anyway, long story short, they said, you can't do that. He said, I can because I just bought the note from you. And so now, now I'm going to help the pastor get it. And 180 days we had the loan. And then there came a day, glory to God, when that loan was paid off. <laughs> when we left downtown, remember we started with a $40,000 post office building, bought two city blocks where we were, and then gave that away. And then moved downtown, bought a million and a half. <laughs> Praise God. Baptist, First Baptist Church. When we left that property, it was worth around $20 million. And we moved out where we are now. And God has given us one of the most valuable pieces of property in all of Fort Worth. God only knows what it's worth, probably $30 million at least at this point. But the only thing was I was, I was ill and I, I should have made better negotiations. That's the first time in my life I didn't do it. You know, my wife never, God love her heart. My wife never said, Bob, what's in it for us? She should have. If I'd been my wife, I'd have been scared, freaked out with a husband like me. Because it takes a better woman of God to live with a man of God, I'm telling you. We scare the fool out of our wives, I'm telling you. Because when God says do it, we just know we can do it. And we forget she's the one that's going to pray us through, you know. <laughs> it's that woman's going to see us through. <laughs> we got the vision. <laughs> oh, my God. But you know, I left with three years salary. And I thought, what's gonna happen with me with three years salary? Cause it's just, it was, it was, it was, gone. It was on the eve of it going and calls began to come. It, it, it's, I'm in the middle of a miracle. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a miracle. And I want you to be part of that. When I say it like that, I wanna see your life. I wanna, I want you to catch some of what's in my spirit this morning. God has a good plan for your life. God has a good plan for your marriage. Amen. God has a good plan. Amen. I said, God has a good plan. God has a good plan for you. God has a good plan for your marriage. God has a good plan for your children. God has a good plan for this church. And San Antonio needs this church. America needs this church. We can see God turn it around. And I know with all that thing going on with Russia, whoever thought that Russia would have a problem? Everybody was always afraid of Russia. But this couple right over here were interceding yesterday. And what could have been, a, I don't have time to go into that because I don't understand all of it. But God turned that thing around. For the first time in his life, Putin was in deep trouble. And boy, there's Bible prophecy that says, folks, Jesus is coming soon. 
and we just have a short window to do what we're going to do for God. It's not time to be lazy. It's not time to come to church uh, one or two Sundays out of three, uh, out of a month or a year or whatever. It's time to put pedal to the metal. It's time to pray like we've never prayed before. It's time to cry out to God. Oh God, you've done it before, do it again. Oh God, ignite a fire within me. My God have mercy. You're looking at a miracle this morning. I'm a miracle in the middle of a miracle right here. I'm at the right place at the right time. And there's so many things I thought I would say that I haven't said, but I'll say them tonight, maybe. <laughs> but I'm a man on a mission. I'm a man who's seen miracles. I'm a man who is as undeserving as anyone in the universe, but the grace of God. Oh, the grace of God. The grace of God. I remember when I was an associate and I'd have friends come by from Bible college. They said, what are you doing here working with this church, little church? I said, this, you'll never go anywhere in your ministry. I'm in the big top tent. No, I'm pastoring a good church. No one said, we're doing this. We're do Everybody's doing something but me and I'm out mowing the grass of the church. But I said, I'm doing what God called me to do. I was faithful where God put me and God promoted me. And I'm going to tell you, neighbor, there's no promotion like a promotion when God promotes you. There's nothing like the blessing of God upon your life. Nothing, nothing like the blessing of God upon your life. Oh, hallelujah. I'll say to you, husband, what brought you together will keep you together. I said, what brought you together will keep you together. Some of you in this room, you're lucky to have who you have married to. Just pray God doesn't open their eyes too wide. Enjoy, enjoy the ride, honey. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the, enjoy the vacation. Oh, God has so much for us. And to the singles, I tell you, there's no... Someone said, how did you... How does your husband wake up every morning? She, how do you? She said, "Well, I just let him sleep, and he, his griping's over." <laughs> <laughs> My purpose this morning is simply this: I have seen the greatness of God in the land of the living. Yes. Psalms 27 said, "I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living." Do you need a miracle in your life? God is a God of miracles. Do you need, you know, some of you just need a refreshing from God. And I just, I don't know, where's your, your keyboard musician here? I want to just begin to praise the Lord this morning. The Spirit of God just says, that's all they can handle right now. <laughs> and I want to make one thing clear. I'm not here to brag on, please, please, please. I am not here to brag on me. I'm here to tell you that God can take a nothing and make something out of it. God can take your wreckage and make something beautiful out of it. He made something beautiful out of all of our lives. It is wonderful. He's wonderful. There's nothing like the presence of God. Just lift your hand and begin to, let's just worship him this morning.
Oh, let's just worship Him. Are you hungry for God today? Are you hungry for God today? Oh, hallelujah. This is a turnaround Sunday. I prophesy in the name of Jesus. Today is a day of new beginnings for everyone that will permit it to be. Today is a day of new beginnings. Oh, praise Him, folks. Praise Him. Lift your hands and praise Him today. Lift your hands and glorify God today. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, lila balaba la bora bakata yatayataya. Oh, God, we praise you. God, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise you. Oh, lift your hands and glorify God. Lift your hands and glorify God today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift your hands and glorify God today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands and glorify the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Oh, Oh, do you have a free, do you have a hand mic? Where is it? Laurie, come, come here. I want, you, I want you to pray over this crowd this morning. This, this woman has a powerful prayer ministry. Or I want you to pray over the people. Pray revival. Pray of refreshing, a stirring of God. Just open your heart and pray, Lord. Speak it. Oh, Father, we just thank you, God. We lift up this house, God. And we yeah. thank you, God, for the stirring of the Spirit of God upon this house. And that means your house. Amen. Your whole house. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost yes. in this house, God. Let it yes. be upon every house in this place, God, oh, upon hallelujah. every house, the fire. I thank you, God, for bringing divine oh, order oh, in marriages, to bringing divine order with your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. In the name of Jesus, we declare, Father, nothing but the will of God be done in their lives. God, in those that do not know you, God, I thank you. You are sending forth laborers across their path, those that they will hear, those that they will listen to and receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, Father, yes. we thank you again for the gift that God has given to us, yeah. household salvation. So, Father, we just thank you for that. And we thank you, God, for divine order in every way, spiritually, physically, 
emotionally, financially, God. We declare the blessings. The blessings of God is upon your house. In Jesus' name, start expecting the blessings of the Lord. In Jesus' name, because God turns everything around. What the enemy meant for harm, God turns it around for a testimony for your house. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the glory of God that is resting upon your house. The glory of God. You know, Isaiah prophesied it. I believe he was looking at this day in Isaiah 60 verse 1. Arise and shine. He's talking to the church. Arise and shine for the glory of God is risen upon you and his glory will be seen upon you and this house. In Jesus name, this house is going to be a sign and a wonder to send from the, for this city in the state of Texas in our nation. It will be a sign and a wonder because the glory will be seen and the same with your house the glory of God will be seen upon your house glory to God so father we just thank you for your hand upon the land you know God has a covenant with this land it's still in Leviticus Leviticus 26 42 not only God said I have a covenant with Abraham Isaac and Jacob but I have a covenant with the land that's this land that's your land amen hallelujah and I believe God is expanding your territory in Jesus name it's time for expansion from the north the south the east and the west God is working in your house in your life so father we just thank you for your amazing love your amazing grace God and I thank you you said I know some of you are thanking God how what am I going to do how are you going to use me he's got so many ways that he could use you you couldn't even dream of them you couldn't even think of them hallelujah as a matter of fact he is using you and has used you and you didn't even know it hallelujah but father we just thank you again for the glory of God the bible and Isaiah went on to say that um the gross darkness darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness to people. But my glory is risen upon you, and it shall be seen upon you and this house. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. I want you to hold your hands out to this pastor and wife. Would you guys just come and stand with me here? Praise God. I want you to hold your hand out. God has given you a wonderful shepherd. God didn't call me here because something was wrong. God called me here because something was right. And God's blessings, oh, eye hath not seen, ear is not heard. What God has in store for this house, I believe it. Hold your hand out. Father, we bless the leadership of this house. We bless this pastor. God, we thank you for a faithful couple that has stood the test of time. Lord, they've paid the price. They've paid their dues and they're hungry for God. They could retire and ride off into the sunset and just say, let our life be quiet and peaceful. But God, they're hungry and thirsting after righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, Father, it's time for the rain to fall. It's time for the fire to burn. It's time for the river to flow. Father, we speak supernatural blessing. Hallelujah. Supernatural anointing upon this couple and upon the leadership of this house. Father, we thank you that today is a day of new beginnings. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Pastor. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> Lord of God. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to make every effort to come back tonight. Make every effort to come back tonight. I, I, I've messed myself up this morning. I'm, I'm out there. I'm out there. I have to watch it nowadays. You get out too far. <laughs> there, there are miracles in this house right now. Just put your hand on your body and believe for healing. There's healing happening right now. Right now. Right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I just encourage you, be back tonight, if at all possible. What else? This is all that matters. It's the things of what else is going to stand? What else is important? Amen. Television is just a joke outside of the true, you know, a true ministry on television. Turn the news off. Turn your faith on. Amen. Stop listening to CNN and SIN and... <laughs> We got to save this nation, folks. Let's pray for America. Hey, let's pray for America right now. Amen. Let's pray for America right now. Father, we lift our voice right now. In the name of Jesus, I command the wheels to come off the wagon of the anti-God filth of this world. Lord, we're still here. We're still here. When we're gone, you can do what you want to do, what you need to do, what you've said you would do. But oh God, I call for revival in America. I call for a move of God. I call for a fear of God to come across this land. I call for righteousness to prevail. In Austin, in Texas, in America, in Washington. Oh, God, we cry for a move of God. And I hear the Spirit of God say, you will see in the next few hours the results of your prayers in my house this morning. You will see. You will see in you, in your family. You will see in your nation 
you will see things that you will say, I know exactly what this is. We prayed it Sunday morning. Hallelujah. The God that answers by fire, let the fire burn. Let the fire burn. Let the fire burn. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the rain fall. In the name of Jesus. Just pray this prayer after me, if you will. Father, in Jesus' name, I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. I believe you love me, Lord. And I believe I've heard miracle ministry today. I have received miracles. I have received miracles today. I will not be the same after today. I'm going home another way. And I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, Pastor, I've unloaded my heart this morning. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, sir. Yes, Amen. Sir. I'm just going to rest here a minute. I've been service is yours, brother. <laughs> Glory to God. Could we give a shout of victory? Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I couldn't hear you quite well that time. <laughs> Could we give a shout of victory? Yeah. Hey! Yeah. Glory! Yeah. Glory! Yeah. Glory! Yeah. Glory, glory, glory. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, it's, it's yours this morning. <laughs> you better grab it while you got it. You don't Amen. want to forget Praise tonight God. at 7 o'clock. Amen. Bring someone with you. Yes. And let's, you know what I mean? Let's just chill out in Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. He knows how to just make the rough places plain, the crooked places straight. Glory to God. And I, I am so grateful for the, the man of God, the man, men and women of God that are here today in the name of Jesus. If... You came down here and gave your heart to Jesus today or you got delivered, don't forget to visit the hostess in the front lobby because we're going to give you some material to further you. What's the next things that need to take place? What, what, what do I need to pursue next? Okay? That's, and then, yes, tell us about those. You need to tell us about those. Come on up here. These are some of Pastor Bob Nichols' books that were brought, and they're out there in the foyer. One of them is Revival Now. Another one is Revival Now in Spanish. 101 One-Liners, Wisdom to Win, and The Secret Power of a Cause. These books will stir your heart for revival and to see more of the moving of God's Spirit. The Secret Power of a Cause is a, a, a mighty book about just 
getting something in your spirit and getting that don't quit attitude that you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. All these books are out there. Now, they're available for a donation of any size. It doesn't matter. If you don't have any money with you today, you can, you can have one for free. Pastor just wants to get these out, but they're available for a donation of any size, and all the proceeds, all the proceeds go to missions around the world. So they're there at the table in the church foyer. Thank you. Amen. Do not hoard, share. Do not hoard, share. Okay? All right? I mean, I'm going to, I want my, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, and I want five of these. And five, no, no, no. Don't hoard, share. You can get, you, okay? Because we want to, we want, we want to get it as many households as possible. All right? Glory to God. Tonight at seven o'clock. Don't forget it. All right? Glory to God. Richard, give us a song. Then we can go. We can go and, and just shout the victory all the way home. I want to hear you from my house. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.